Welcome to Slight Reliability. Learning SRE one day at a time. I'm Stephen Townsend. Hello and welcome back to Slight Reliability, the show where we try and make sense of SRE and observability one week at a time. Last week I traveled from Auckland, New Zealand to Las Vegas in the United States for AWS reInvent an absolutely enormous conference with 65,000 people in attendance. It was a long way to travel and I certainly had some culture shock in Vegas. Uh, I'll discuss more a little bit about that and my views about the conference at the end. But I thought what I'd do today is cover the concepts and trends I saw at the conference that stood out to me that might have an impact on the lives of SREs. Now, a little bit of a caveat here is that I only attended the expo where all the booths were from vendors. There were a lot of booze and a lot happening there, but I didn't get to see any sessions and I'll tell you a bit more about that later on. The expo, of course, was quite product centric, but I also think it helps to understand where the money is being invested, which of course impacts what we end up working on. So I've got six main observations that I wanted to share and then a bunch of smaller ones. The first one was that there were hardly any SREs at reInvent. I met two SREs at the entire conference. And one of them was Sebastian Feetz, who I consciously met up with at the conference because he's been on the show before. So where were they all? Maybe organizations aren't sending their SREs. Maybe SRE isn't as big a thing as I thought it was. Either way, I was surprised that there were very few SREs and I was hoping to meet SREs and ask them about their work and what they do and what they think about different ideas. It just didn't happen. My second observation is that many observability vendors are implementing centralized storage of metrics, logs, and traces in what is essentially a data warehouse or a data lake. For example, Dynatrace have essentially re-architected their entire product to achieve this using the new Grail database. And I think part of this is that as OpenTelemetry progresses to a level of maturity, the attention is now being turned to making sense of all this data that we're collecting. And having all this data in the same place is a potential pathway to building relationships between these metrics and these logs and these traces to improve the insight that we gain from the data. However, I think there are some drawbacks to centralizing telemetry data all in the same place. The main one is that ideally we want to give teams the autonomy and the ownership to pick whatever tooling suits their needs. I think this is really important to empower teams to solve problems themselves, to care about their work, to give them creativity. The impact that this can have on productivity and morale cannot be overstated. Forcing teams to all use the same tooling strips away this autonomy, and I think that can lead to significant negative impacts. Vendor lock-in isn't so much of an issue if you're using OpenTelemetry to collect the data, because then you can easily pump the data to another repository. But of course, if you have all your data in one place, that history is still going to be there. There is an alternative approach to a data warehouse here called a data mesh. So with this approach, you have your metric, log and trace data spread over multiple tools, but you pull it all together in real time to see the full picture. And the way you can achieve this is by storing metadata about the data that you pull in, so you can build connections and relationships between things. For example, you might pull in some resource monitoring metrics from a server from one tool, and also application logs from an app running on that server from a different tool. And with a data mesh, you could see that these two things are related, they come from the same server. This is actually the approach that we use at Squared Up, and I think it's pretty unique. 
It means you can continue to give teams the autonomy to pick the tools that best suit their unique circumstances without compromising on the ability to pull it all together to see the full picture. From my experience, most large and complex organizations have tool sprawl. Data is spread in many different places and used by many different teams. And I don't think you're going to go into a company with over a thousand engineers and get them all to use one tool. I don't think that's realistic. And I think the data mesh approach is a great way of tackling this challenge in a practical way. The third observation I had was around this concept of topologies. And I saw and heard the word topologies wherever I went at the conference. So we heard Kyle Forster and Shay Stewart recently from RunWen talking about the Google Street Maps view for technology. Many other vendors are doing the same or similar thing by building automated visual maps of technology components to help you make sense of them. And this isn't just a theme for observability vendors. I also saw it for security and incident management and data and analytics. I think fundamentally, technology systems are getting more and more complex over time. There are more components, more interactions, and there is something reassuring about seeing a map that you can understand to help you make sense of your technology. I really think it makes a difference. I think back to when I did performance test consulting, and often the first thing I would do is go around the different architects and tech leads and other stakeholders and read documentation to build a clear solution diagram. And often that turned out to be the first time that anyone had pieced everything together into one view. And people found that valuable, and I found it valuable. Squared Up's no exception to the trend. We're building a graph view into the product, which automatically builds the relationships between the entities that you pull in. And I see the use of graph databases increasing over time. They may be something that not only SREs use, but they also need to operate as well. So that's something to keep in mind. My fourth observation was around FinOps and cloud cost management. There were a lot of vendors selling tools to help you manage your cloud costs, and that's not something I was predicting going into the conference. I remember a few years ago, I had this very clear view of performance, and I defined it as response time, capacity, and stability. But then I started bringing in cost into the discussion because it was so important, and that thinking has definitely gone mainstream. Many organizations seem to have moved to the cloud, are facing cloud bills that are spiraling out of control. So I had a chat with someone, I think it was Manzoor Muhammad, uh, who was one of the people I connected with uh, to LinkedIn, who I met in person, who attended a session from AWS on FinOps, which is all about cloud cost management and observability. And their solution was essentially to provide promotions and deals as a way to reduce cloud spend. In other words, if you use a particular AWS service, then you get a discount on another service, that sort of thing. And this is extremely disappointing and not at all what I think FinOps should be about. I think FinOps should be about understanding where the cost is coming from and then tuning and improving our code, configuration, and design to improve efficiency. And as SREs, I expect the field of FinOps to be an increasingly large part of our scope. And capturing cloud costs is going to be one of those key things that we need to track with our observability. My fifth observation is that the use of serverless platforms like Lambda are on the rise. And I think this has a pretty profound impact on the work of SREs. When there are no servers or containers, what is it that SREs look at? How do you know whether an application is healthy? What do you look at or address when issues or incidents occur? Is the lack of visibility of what's really going on under the covers a concern? I don't have answers to these questions yet. 
but serverless is something that SREs are going to become increasingly exposed to. Squared Up is actually built on serverless on Lambda, and I'll be upskilling next year to be on call for the product. So I'm looking forward to tackling that challenge myself and reporting back what I find. My last major observation was there's a common theme of having lots and lots of data, but not being able to make sense of it. There were a lot of boos for data and analytics vendors, many more than I expected, but also observability vendors were also talking about this and I saw a pretty common theme. We have a lot of data, more data than anyone knows what to do with. We're getting lost in the data. We're unable to get actionable insight from it. We're getting lost in the noise. And many vendors are implementing approaches to help negotiate this situation. And there are a couple of different approaches that I saw. The first one is around automating analysis, leveraging complex algorithms to find patterns in the data which matter. There was less mention of AI and machine learning at this conference than I expected. And I actually found that encouraging because I think we're misusing those terms a lot of the time. The second approach was by filtering or refining the data that we collect. So I talked to people who think that we collect too much data now and we need to be a bit pickier about what we collect or apply filters so that we collect everything but filter down just to the stuff that matters to store. So those were the six main observations that I made relating to SRE, but I have a bunch of smaller observations that I wanted to share. The first one is that it hasn't really become a hot topic yet, but I did hear about expanding observability to cover metrics about delivery and operational maturity. For example, using observability tooling to report how frequently we deploy, the success rate of our deployments, how long they take, how frequently incidents occur, that kind of thing. So I see tracking of these DORA type metrics will be an increasingly common and expected part of our observability moving forward. In other words, it's not just about the reliability of our technology, but also of our processes and our ways of working. Cloud security is everywhere. It might have been the most common theme across the entire expo. And I think as SREs, we have to be mindful of our cognitive load and security might be one step too far of a field to incorporate into our brains. But there's no avoiding the need to have a cursory understanding of security risks and patterns in the cloud. One specific thing I saw on multiple occasions was that observability products are now bringing in security into what they monitor and report on. Do the right people care about observability? I think that in most cases, there are observability people like myself out there in the industry who are out there advocating and implementing observability in organizations. But observability is really for the developers and other engineers who build and operate services. And I don't think we're reaching many of them. There's a lot more work to do to make observability something that's valued and is also enjoyable and interesting for developers. In terms of SRE work, I didn't see much about incident management, which is really surprising. There was quite a lot about observability and even more about automating and simplifying technology work though. There's still a lack of maturity and understanding when it comes to SLOs, and I don't think they're really adding major value to a majority of organizations. If we're not using error budgets, for example, are we realizing the value of SLOs? If there are no consequences to breaking SLOs, what was the value in defining them? There were very few female engineers at the conference. I think I met one woman engineer out of the hundred or so people I talked to. And I'm not sure if this is a trend in the United States, but the conferences I've attended in Australia and New Zealand have had a somewhat closer ratio. Still heavily male dominated, but not quite as extreme as what I saw at reInvent. 
And lastly, I think there is potential for the world of observability to learn something from the world of data and analytics, especially around taking huge amounts of data and getting insight from it. So those are my observations. Uh, just to talk a little bit more about, you know, traveling to Las Vegas and the conference. Las Vegas is intense. <laughs> it is, there are less people in Las Vegas as there are in Auckland where I come from, but it doesn't feel that way. Getting around Vegas is hard. It's not a city built for walking, and I'm really used to walking. You just can't walk across the road when there's like 20 lanes of traffic to get through and no bridges and no traffic lights to get across. I had a time when I had to go and get some toothpaste from a pharmacy, which is basically on the same block as the conference. It took me 55 minutes to walk to the pharmacy and back just to get some toothpaste. Another thing about Las Vegas that was a bit of a culture shock for me is the contrast between poverty and extreme consumption. So you've got people living homeless on the streets next to people like drinking and gambling right next to them. And I found that very weird. As for the conference itself, there was one thing that I found really disappointing. And that was in order to find sessions to go to conference talks, you had to use the app on your phone and the app didn't have a calendar or a timeline. It just had a big list of events and it was hard to see which were the events that were interesting, what time they were, where to go. You had to scroll and scroll and scroll through hundreds of sessions. So that wasn't very good. It needed some sort of visual calendar or timeline. I also found getting around really challenging. So the conference was mostly held in the Venetian, which is a hotel, but it's not really a hotel. It's more like a little city. It is so big, it has casinos and hotel rooms and almost like malls and shops and the conference center. It's easily to get lost just in the Venetian. But the conference was held at three other hotels as well, which had sessions running. And you had to catch Ubers between those uh, and they took 15 minutes at times. So if you wanted to go to sessions, you really had to know in advance which ones you were going to go to and you built your own itinerary around that. The expo hall was amazing. There was such a buzz in that huge room and there were some really amazing booths with all kinds of fun activities and giveaways, including AMD had this uh, multiplayer VR Ghostbusters game you could play and I had a go. Uh, there was massage chairs, hot fresh cookies baked, and we had a little Lego app. So when you came to our booth, you could scan a QR code and it would bring up a little app and you could pick different Lego components for a Star Wars Jedi and you'd click submit and then someone would build that Lego for you and, and hand you your little Lego Jedi in a little box. I thought that was pretty cool. Overall, it was a fantastic experience. I got to meet my colleagues for the first time. I got to see them in action learning more about the product as well. I got to be part of something massive with 65,000 people. I got to meet so many new people and meet people I'd only ever interacted with online, which is awesome. And I also got to hear and see all of these trends and activities going on in the industry. I think I was shocked this time. Next time I think I'd be a lot more prepared and I'd really be able to go in and get the most out of it. So, for anyone who went to reInvent, I'd love to hear what you thought about it as well. And that is all from another session of Slight Reliability. Looking forward to next week. See you then.